Thanks for tuning in. So, gonna be getting started for the day. So, uh, you know, translating the Bible, uh, it is, it is a, a massive task, and uh, you know, with the theologies in the Bible, right? It's very important to have a very firm core of what's the most important part, because when you're trying to grasp, right, like a thirteen hundred page book, it's extremely difficult to to do it all right and so you really want to choose a few core areas in which you should develop your christianity right and the first of these being love right love is is exactly why christ came that is what we're all about right and so sticking to the new testament right if you're getting into the bible and you're uh just starting to read it well that's what's important, right? And the book of Ephesians, book of First John, right? I I just translated the book of First John. He mentions love probably in in five chapters. He probably mentions it like twenty times at least, right? And so that is the emphasis of the religion: being extremely loving, doing things you love, right? And so I go around and I pray for people often. And what I realize is that many, many Christians, they have uh, complaints or discontentment in regards to uh, areas of their finance, right? And so the fourth commandment, King James Version, is thou shalt, shalt, right? There's, in Old English, there's shall and shalt, right? And so the, the fourth commandment is thou must right it's you're really we're trying to work six days a week right we're not slaves to the law anymore right but we are asked to follow it and obey it right so it is a commitment to a sincere work ethic right we're talking like 40 50 60 hours a week minimum right and with the 60 hours a week you can complete that in four days right and then you'll have three days off, but it is, and that's really fascinating to me, right? You can do uh, four 16 hour shifts and do more work than uh, the average population, right? 50% more work and still get an extra day off. I find that fascinating because as for me, right? When I go to a, a work shift or something and I work eight hours or something like that, I come home and I'm tired. And it's like, ah, so what I like to do is I like to uh, do 16 hour days. I just start, I wake up for, for four or five or six days straight and I just work and I keep working. And in order to do this, right, this commandment, right, and it is shalt, right? So shalt is must. You, you must, you are to work six days a week, but right. God, Christ is asking us, right? So it's not, it's not, oh, I didn't hit my crazy hours or, oh, I didn't, I couldn't do it this week. I just, I, my heart wasn't in it. That's fine, right? Some of the time, right? But as Christians, we are pressing forward towards our dreams, right? We are realizing, right? Out of love, we are realizing that other people, they need us, right? Maybe other people aren't as strong as you are. God, uh, 
gifted you with some virtue of extreme uh, endurance where you can just hit those 60 hour weeks, 80 hour weeks every week for quite a long period of time. Who knows, right? But other people, they haven't been taught, right? They haven't been shown, they haven't been led to the ways of God like we have. And so we're to uh, bear example, we're to display God's ways in our lives so that people will come, right? They'll be attracted to the religion. They'll be attracted to God. If uh, a hobo on the street, right, uh, was preaching the gospel, right, and he looks miserable and he is uh, unhappy and he's bloodied and he's dirty and uh, there's no miracles coming out of him and, you know, there's no real wisdom in him. Well, it's not going to be a very attractive lifestyle, right? And so... Uh, when you combine the ways of the Bible, right, the love, the, the being the light of the world, the being loving and outreaching towards other people, loving other people, right, loving our brothers, loving our sisters, and it is an in-depth sort of love, right, so there's no exploiting or taking advantage of each other. We want to get to that point where we're seeking, where we're actively seeking each other's best interests out of love, right? Would you want someone doing it to your sister? Would you want someone doing it to your brother? Well, then this is going to be contained within the second commandment, right? Or the golden rule, do unto others as you believe others should do unto you, right? And so uh, I know there's a lot of people out there getting a little agitated about uh, my translations of the Bible, but there is a lot of really accurate theology in there, right? And they are sort of in draft form, right? Uh, we're, I'm seven books in into an 80, 80 uh, book Bible. That's going to take me a long time. So if, this, if there are some uh, areas that are a little different, right? Well, that is because that's how I translated them. And uh, currently, right, I, I do believe that it is the accurate theology in there. And so what has happened to the Bible as we can see it, right, is uh, some of the accurate theology has gotten lost over the, the trans, through the translations. And it's very important to understand, right, uh, some of the translations are not going to be producing uh, good fruit, right? Uh, anyways, uh, let's get back to the love, right? And so... We're working as Christians so that we can bless other people out of benevolence, right? That is the tithe, right? We're working hard. We're building so that not only can we support our own families, right? But we can help support the communities, right? So back in the ancient Israelite days, right, there was no government, right? There was no taxation. So if a road got uh, blocked, well, then they had to go hire someone or someone had to go move the blockage, right? And so... These ties would be used for various reasons, and oftentimes the, the core principle of tithing is that as Christians, we are outreaching to other people. And this can be done with not only finance, right? You can do it with words. You can do it with uh, just displaying, right, a bright character, uh, a Christian character, right? This is what Christ is asking for when he's saying, while I'm in the world, I am 
the light of the world, right? We are blessing other people. We are lifting other people up. We are leading the way. It's not uh, an easy lifestyle, but it is a pleasant lifestyle, right? Christ says, uh, uh, for my ways are easy and my burden is light, right? That's one translation. Another translation is, my ways are pleasant and my burden is light. Well, being Christian is not easy. Now, it's if you want easy, right, an easy lifestyle would be not reading the Bible at all, doing whatever you wanted. That's going to be easy. It might not be the happiest, and it probably won't be the most pleasant. But accurate translation of that verse is uh, pleasant, right? These ways are good for you. They're good for your life. And maybe in the beginning, right, they're difficult to walk in. But <clears throat> God is not a, a God with a whip where, oh, you didn't reach the the high standards of the fourth, fourth commandment this week, you get a lash. No, that's not how it works, right? However, right, if you step too far out of uh, obey, obedience to the fourth commandment, right, where you're not working even 10 hours a week, well, then, right, some financial uh, loomings, financial looms, right, uh, may start looming over your life. And, uh, you know, that may cause some regrets. It may cause some turmoil. It may, <laughs> may be unattractive to, to certain uh, people, right? And that is normal, right? And so, as you can see, right, the prophets in the Bible, Abraham, Solomon, David, uh, Jacob, Isaac, right? These guys, they're all pretty successful gentlemen, right? They have large houses with them that they have built, large families. Uh, so they're successful, right? So understanding that is important, right? We're not uh, going for um, ways that produce bad fruit, right? And so... Staying rooted in love, right? Keeping our own thoughts positive, keeping the negative thoughts out, right? Gaining enough self-control over ourselves, right? Self-control over our own lives that when other people and other people will come in to try and hold you back, to try and slow you down, to try and stop you from getting your dreams. And why, why other people do this? Well, you know, you, you can theorize why other people try and put other people down or slow other people down or get other people off off track for whatever reason. The bottom line is it doesn't really matter too much, not as much as how you react. How you react must be in alignment with God, right? So Jesus says, be very forgiving, right? Forgive as God forgives us, right? And God is exceptionally forgiving. Right. Uh, though I do preach unforgivable sin, right, they are extremely heinous things, right? And the Bible does list those. Uh, though people don't mention them very often, um, it is, right, vast forgiveness, vast mercy. Uh, if you're walking around feeling, feeling like God loves me, all my sin is forgiven, I'm going to heaven. God's blessing me. He's leading me. He's teaching me. That's correct, right? That's the correct feeling. But in my heart, I know that there's things that I should not do. 
that I'm not uh, permitted by God to do that would betray God, that would and could, right, lead to punishment from God. Extreme sins we're talking about, right? And so bringing ourselves out of alignment with this world, right, uh, the those who are born of God overcome the world, right? They overcome this world. So what is it that's holding you back, right? You have to conquer it for God. You have to set out and overcome it for God, for the Lord God of Israel. And so maybe it is watching too much uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix, or maybe it is drinking. Maybe it is smoking. Maybe it is anything, right? But there are things in our lives that uh, when we sort of hold a mirror up to our own lives, which is important to do, right? To say, hey, are there areas I need to work on? Not really get down on ourselves, right? It's not so much, oh, I'm not really good at this. That's not really helpful. It's not a really helpful thought or being negative isn't really going to help you in your life. But what will help you in your life is identifying flaws. And you say, hey, you know, I know that I'm not really the most courageous person. So I'm going to go get a job as a security guard and start growing my uh, courage. Absolutely. You absolutely can do that. It's very wise to do that. Uh, you can make little mental notes, you know, hey, I'm not the greatest at communication. So I'm going to every chance I get, I'm going to walk up and talk to people and start practicing my communication. I'm going to keep growing and keep growing. And when you break down those walls of fear or insecurity, right, to the point where you can press into any situation, right? So I said courage will now be work overcoming and overcoming fear and stepping into courage, right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about self-development. God is talking about self-development, right? And they are listed as steps in the Bible. Seek wisdom, get knowledge, right? That's King Solomon, but not only is it King Solomon, it's uh, in several places. King David says it too. Abraham, uh, the story of Abraham reflects it, right? The story of, uh, well, the story of Jesus definitely reflects it, right? Christ is traveling the land, uh, speaking with people, talking to people, teaching people. And while he is teaching people, he is also learning new things, right? And this is a common Christian theology, right? We are growing ourselves for God. We are developing ourselves for God so that we can bring God the glory that is due his name. And yes, right, uh, God loves us, right? And so if you imagine a life that is undeveloped, that is, you know, controlled and ruled over, it's not a very happy life often. Now, the Bible will teach you mental states like contentment, right, that Christians are supposed to possess, where we're supposed to love our lives and be loving towards other people, for sort of accept where we are now today so that we can be happy, forgive uh, the past experiences in our lives that are bringing us down or making us feel insecure, put them behind us so that we can be happy now today, right? 
And God is teaching you all these things so that you can reach that point of joy. So you can reach that point of spiritual happiness, right? Real world, tangible happiness, right? Where you love your life, you love God, and you want to keep building. It's a peaceful state of contentment where you just keep going and keep walking, knowing that God loves you, knowing that you'll get there, knowing how long life is. This is sort of what uh, Christian, accurate Christian theology is, is, right? It is not um, do anything you like, but, but some people will tell you that, but that's opposite to Christianity, right? It's understanding that God's ways have limits. God placed boundaries. When he created the earth, he placed boundaries saying that the ocean, right, my people, the water, shall go this far and no further, right? And so Christians, we, we, we're we joyous, you know, we're traveling through our lives, building, growing, uh, serving God, doing awesome things, right? But we know not to step outside the bounds of God's creation because uh, not just God would punish us, right? But it wouldn't be good for our own lives, right? Uh, for example, well, let's not use that one. Let's use, well, stealing, obviously, right? Uh, maybe there's something you really want. You don't have finances for it, right? But you know that it's much better. It's much wiser to go and do the put in the work rather than potentially suffer a, a month or two in, in jail, you know? because you stole something, right? This sort of logical wisdom, this sort of knowledge is, it's coded all throughout the Bible. It's in every page of the Bible. It's in almost every word of the Bible. The Bible is the single greatest book ever written. It is one of the single greatest sources of knowledge ever written. That's for sure. And when you take the knowledge and apply the knowledge found within the Bible and apply it to your life, that is wisdom, right? And understanding that God is willing to help you. He's willing to reveal what the Bible, what the parables in the Bible say to you. The ways necessary to produce an abundant harvest, to produce that hundredfold harvest that the Bible is speaking of. That's what God's offering, right? He's offering to lead you to exaltation. He's offering to lead you to heaven. He's offering to lead you to immortality. But, right, you do have to follow his ways. So there are certain things that if you do, well, don't expect God to lead you, right? Horrible, bad evil, right? Wicked, evil things. God doesn't like those. He doesn't like it when uh, people don't love each other. And instead of love, they hate each other. He doesn't like it when people hurt each other. He likes his children, right? To, to get along, right? Just like a, a parent or anyone else in the world, right? When you're working with your coworkers, do you enjoy fighting with your coworkers endlessly? No. You enjoy getting along. You enjoy uh, building, right? It's in all mankind's nature to love to build, 
No one, not one person in all existence wakes up and lays in their bed and does nothing all day long. Not one person in all existence. There is a core code. There is an inner programming of mankind that is called to rise up and go out and seek and experience and adventure. And all these things are absolutely okay with God, right? You can have fun. You can have an incredible life. You can have a, a, that life of silver linings, right, that I'm always talking about. It's there for you. It's waiting for you. But you have to come to the table of the Lord. You have to sit down. You have to consecrate yourself for God. And you have to do it God's way. And for this, right, God will give you a life better than your dreams. He'll give you a life better than what you could have dreamt, right? Let's say uh, a man sets out five years down the road to a doctor. He decides, man, I don't want to be a doctor. Now, prior to setting out, another man with God sets out and says, well, I was thinking about God. I was thinking about going and becoming a doctor. And God says, oh, no, you would hate. You would hate becoming a doctor. Don't become a doctor. Go become a, a missionary. And the man trusts God, and instead of wasting five years in a pursuit that he would really not like. And interestingly enough, this story may sound uh, fantastic, but it happens quite often in, in reality. People setting off down career paths that they don't end up using, or uh, for one reason or another, they dislike the profession once they get there, right? And so man goes off and uh, becomes a famous missionary, is extremely happy, happy and reaches exaltation because, well, he's been led by God's hand to the place where he is joyous, loving, and passionate. And it is passion, it is love for a subject that produces excellence. And so this is why you will see multimillionaire minds suggesting, instructing students, uh, hearsayers, right, to go and put themselves in jobs, in professions that they love. Because this will produce good fruit, right? Love implies passion. Passion implies I, I love what I do, so I'll produce something incredible. Do you skill, see a skilled man? You will not serve amongst officials of low rank. You'll serve amongst kings. And these, these practices of the Bible, right, they're extremely good for your life. They will lead you to a happy life. They will lead you to uh, joy, happiness, right? Everything that you want, right? Uh, interesting, interesting thing while I'm saying, you know, man gets lost down the roads of their life. There are also things that mankind looks at and says, wow, I really want to try that. But lo and behold, they don't know that it wasn't going to be very good, right? They spend five years trying to get some car. And when they finally get that Lamborghini that they saved up for, they hop in it and say, this is just like my last car. I don't even want this thing. It was the, it was the foolish, most foolish thing I've ever done to spend $200,000 on a sports car instead of a house, right? Etc. 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 The grass looks greener on the other side until God says, hey, good news, that's not the way to go, right? 
God is a good guide and he will lead you to a good life with less mistakes, right? Uh, mankind, we have a, a tendency to still disobey God and end up with, with our uh, fists in the honeycomb, stuck in the honeycomb, right? That is how it goes. That's just how it is, right? God is not promising a life without any uh, turmoil or struggles, but there will be less, right? And they will be used oftentimes to benefit you through your life. You will learn from them and grow from the, the times of hardship, the times of fear, the times of uh, hopelessness, etc. And understanding that that is what is moving with you. God, guide, directing you through your life, leading you to the paths of exaltation, saving you chunks of five years of your life where you would have lost it if you had gone into real estate because you would have ended up hating real estate. But God whispered in your ear and said, I don't do that. And you, out of wisdom, obeyed the one true living God. That is the love of God, right? And God reflects this love. He displays this love to show us the road that he wants us to walk. If God is showing us that he is very loving, it is because he wants us to be very loving. If God is showing us that he is very forgiving, it is because he wants us to be very forgiving. <sighs> all right. I think that is it for the day. Blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.